Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra moment of the week later in the episode. And coming up on today's Lockdown Mavs, five things the Dallas Mavericks have to do this offseason. Can't live without them. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. None of us can go back. All we can do is our best. And sometimes the best that we can do is to start over. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Trey Titan, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Oh man, how how fun is the? Okay, the whole like ratings and everything. I don't. If you like basketball, you gotta like these like conference finals, right? I don't care about the ratings anymore. It's all changed because of streaming and all that, right? Like take it all out. Yeah. Well, let's go. Wait. Let's let's pull up LeBron's uh, thread that he did of. You know, they do ratings. They just like have random people's houses, like literally random people's houses get tracked as to see what they're watching TV. And then they just guess based on those numbers. It's the same way they do political polls and all that. It's like, how do you really know? You don't really know, but you do know on streaming. You do know that numbers are up on all that for Instagram, social media and all that stuff for, for the NBA. But yeah. Either way, all that. <laughs> the conference finals are a lot of fun. Did you like LeBron's thread he did the other day, basically discrediting this finals of, hey, guys, look at everybody that's hurt right now. I, I, I have thought I about it. I tried to like, tell him. I tried to tell him the league didn't listen to me. Like, okay. like, like, if you think that last year's finals had an asterisk, like this one may have one. Like, you may have to give this one one too, right? Like, <laughs> all the guys are like, literally the top two players in the Western Conference finals are out in Kawhi and Chris Paul. Like, that's wild. Yeah. Then you have this this other there's a side. lot of injuries for sure. There's no Tons. there's yeah there's nothing like there's no way around that for sure. No. I just thought once well, again LeBron's narrative stuff is funny because but the way around the it com- is what LeBron's saying right. <laughs> they should have started the season later, you know, like the Mavs. True, but he's not he's not tweeting that out if he's in the conference finals. This is a hey I'm no at no, home. no 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 he's not because he's locked in Isaac. It's no social media yes. during a playoff run right. Zero he's dark thirty on it. But okay. <laughs> One thing I want to say this, there's so much stuff basketball-wise, conference finals-wise we could talk about, but I think one of the bigger things is just the 2018 draft class. Like it is yeah, man. how much fun will this draft class go down? I was looking at it again last night. And it's like you look at that top five. Sorry, Kings fans. This is if you're listening to this podcast. I don't think they listen it. anymore. I think we we, yeah, we scared them done. off a long time ago. But like these conference finals, you have DeAndre Ayton, you have Trey Young, Luka Doncic is still the best player in the draft, hands down. Like that's not even after this, and we're recording this right after the Hawks Bucks game, which was so much fun. Trey had like forty eight. He was, I mean, the the off the backboard pass to John Collins was so so much fun. But it's not, it's still not a bait, guys. Like every every GM, like somebody somebody texted me tonight and said, "Hey, Trey Young could have been a Maverick. How does that make you feel?" And I'm Fine. like, I'm thank right. God that he's not, <laughs> because <laughs> that means we would have not had Luka Doncic, who is the uh, overall uh, overwhelming best player in the draft. But Trey Young, Luka, DeAndre Ayton, even going down to that next like 10, 11, 12, 13 range, 
like Mikel Bridges, SGA, Miles Bridges, Michael Porter Jr. Like this whole lottery, it's it's just crazy. It, I, I really do think this is going to be an all-timer draft that we're going to look back on 10 years from now. And I think more than anybody, I am so happy for DeAndre Ayton. Like, I know. Trey Young and Luka, they're always going to be locked in. They started off the rookie seasons like they're great. But DeAndre Ayton playing as well as he is, I'm I'm just really happy for him. And he seems like a, a, a cool guy. Absolutely. Yeah, that 2018 draft just looks absolutely incredible now. And there's guys like there's guys still with some potential. Her, Herder's underneath that. Herder was a first round pick. And he had what I mean, he had like 26 the other day in a freaking game seven. It's like, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh crazy. Fun class. Fun. All right, today we're going to go through five things the Mavericks have to, have to, have to do this offseason that I believe. Uh, a bunch of you guys sent in some suggestions. I got get rid of Bob. That's a good one. I think that may show up on my list. Uh, upgrade two to four players in the rotation. So like the two to four in the rotation. I think that one's a good one. One of them that I liked was make sure KP maximizes his leg strength this offseason. That was what one th- I said, what is one thing the Mavericks have to do? And that was one of the things. <laughs> maximize KP's leg strength. Where, the other one was get Masai. I think we may be past that. Listen to yesterday's episode if you want to hear more about Masai Ujiri and the Dallas Mavericks. But uh, all right, let's get into it. Uh, number one, they got to fire her out, Bob Algaris. <laughs> We're just starting, starting right in. I'm starting it right away. Might as well. Uh, they they have to. It's just it's too far gone. Maybe Spencer Dinwiddie would want to hang out with her out, Bob Algaris, because of the <laughs> cryptocurrency stuff and all all the analytics and all that. But it's too far gone, right? This this one thing, at least if we're going to take, you know, yesterday my phrase was, it is what it might be. Okay, so if it is what it might be, then we saw the Haralba Valguer story break from Tim Cato, Sam Amick, The Athletic. That story broke. Now, all of a sudden, the Mavericks don't have... Yes, that, their- that story broke 10, day, 10 days ago. If you're listening <laughs> to this on Thursday, it feels like it broke 10 months ago. That's insane. I sent an email to somebody in... Um, the front office of Mavericks the day after that happened. And I went to reply to that email today. And I was like, cause I was going to give it a couple of weeks. And I'm like, Holy crap. It's only been nine days. <laughs> and I was like, I thought it had been weeks already. I know. And I was like, Oh crap. I, I'm going to wait a little bit longer to send that reply. Weeks it's just off like, your life. Maybe uh, honestly, it feels like an eternity <laughs> ago. Yeah. So if, if we're going to take it, it is what it might be. That story breaks, and then all of a sudden, Donnie Nelson of you know twenty plus years with the Dallas Mavericks is gone. Rick Carlisle is gone. Like just the whole leadership structure of the Mavericks has been turned on its head. There's probably there's definitely other factors besides Haralabob, but that was one of them. It may just be a symptom of some of the issues, but that was definitely one of them. It could have been the straw that broke the camel's back. Whatever you want to say, how could a straw break a camel? I don't understand that. Same. Well. Even the wording on this one, I would say just not bring him back because theoretically his contract ended. So he's like a quote free agent. So we can't like really fire him without him being under contract. So I think for me, I approach this first one, not specifically with Bob, but for me, there you go. Let, let him leave. <laughs> let him leave. <laughs> um, I just approach this. And I worded it in a way of they need to establish a healthy front office structure. Whatever that looks like. That is like. a way more tactical way that of what I just said. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, okay, is there a world in which Bob's back that you're at least feeling somewhat okay with? Is there? Like for Mavs fans no, at all? No, there's not. Only if he's not involved yeah. in basketball stuff. Yeah, but that that's the thing. It's like if they, if, okay, for instance, 
if they announce tomorrow Masai is coming in, he's going to run the show, and Bob's going to be back. Then you'd, you'd think that Masai Ujiri agreed to that, right? Exactly. So that's why I'm saying like a healthy structure. I still think 99% he probably needs to be gone, especially because his relationship with Luca and all of that. But I just want a healthy structure. I just want a, an established, healthy, whatever that looks like in the front office that we know whenever the, whenever the dust smoke settles, that we know Michael Finley's in this role, whoever it is is in this role, this is the head coach. This person's, you know, making the decisions, trade calls, and all this stuff. Because what we have learned over the past two weeks is there are different people making different, you know, calls on things and meetings and trade calls and all this different stuff. So, and that's not just the athletic piece either. I mean, if you if you guys have been listening to this podcast and other national podcasts, like that was well known across the league for months of that whole situation that was happening in the Mavs front office. That was a, we talked about on this podcast when the first time that I heard something about it, that was months ago. And it's like all these other people across the league, these national reporters saying, Hey, this has been the, the case with Dallas for months now, like possibly a year or two now that who's running what and all of that. So I just don't want that to be the story moving forward. So that's why number one for me is whatever it is, let it just be a healthy structure. And we know who's in their defined lanes i guess let's get into the Michelob ultra moment of the week uh man if i had to go with a mavs moment of the week uh there's definitely some negative moments has there been a positive moment let's start kicking some moments back and forth i got one i I got one i feel like it's dirk coming back right well we have we've been saying dirk i'm gonna go the i think this is what we're gonna have to start doing with this what a great bobblehead this is what we're gonna have to start doing at this moment we're going to have to tie it into X-Mavs moment of the week. And Ooh. I'm giving it to Jay Crowder. What hey. a pass, bro. Whoa. Jay Crowder, <laughs> incredible pass. It was just an insane uh, – I love the end of that game. It was just a, what a play call by Monty. The pass was just insane. And former Maverick, Jay Crowder, loved him in Dallas. Honestly, that if we were going to do a non-Maverick moment, that was the, I was going to say the dunk from Aiden. That was an absolute in, insane basketball moment to see that happen, to see DeAndre Aiden dunk that, and to just, like, that's how you put down a team. That's how you put down the Clippers yeah. is with a dunk from out of bounds with, like, 0.8 seconds left. Absolutely wild. The Clippers thought they had it made. Patrick Beverly was, according to Sabrina Merchant, was walking up and down the sidelines screaming at – uh, screaming at the fans, like the Suns fans, like, we got you, blah, 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 all this stuff, <laughs> and just completely shut up Patrick Beverly with one dunk. Like, shout out to DeAndre Ayton. So, yeah, that moment brought me joy, maybe not as a Mavs fan, but definitely as an NBA fan. Joy, happiness, enjoyment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Joy creates success, but it isn't the end game. It's the whole game, Isaac Harris. Go get yourself some Michelob Ultra. All right, Isaac Harris, we went through number one, the five things the Mavericks absolutely have to do this offseason. Let Haral Balbalgaris leave, fire him, figure out the front office structure. I guess you can all just tie that into one. Uh, and But then here is my second one, which we also kind of hit on already. Hire an outside GM, president of basketball operations. I think they need somebody. We talked about Finley. We made the case for Finley yesterday. I do think they need somebody else outside of the organization, maybe that has more connections than someone in the organization, somebody outside. Uh, either as the GM or the president of basketball operations. So Finley could still be the top guy, but they have to get somebody else outside of the organization to bring in, to bring a new voice that's not going to be Hiralaba, that's actually going to be have a role in the hierarchy in the front office. 
Yeah, I agree with this 100%. We, we've both said, especially on yesterday's podcast, that we're down for Finley being a part of the front office. Like, yeah. I think he would be great in that. He's been grooming to be in that role for a while. We just need some type but. of outside <laughs> voice. Yes, in some type of role. And that's where is it GM? Is it basketball ops? Whatever one that Finley's not, who is that person? We'll see. We haven't even seen any names yet. You know, this is uh, this pod comes out uh, for Thursday's you know yeah. podcast. We had the you know draft lottery a couple nights ago. Draft is coming up at the end of July. Uh, they have to figure. You know, hopefully we start seeing names soon, right? For five, either we're one five of the weeks positions. from the draft. That's yeah, that, that's that's pretty wild. So I would assume at some point over the next week we'll at least see some type of names being floated out, people who are being considered for GM, basketball ops, different executives around the league that they've called something. The other thing is we do know that Cuban is not is not one to like he doesn't really like things to get leaked. Like I will my one of my memories is True. always gonna be Dennis uh, Smith Jr. draft. The Dennis Smith Jr. draft. We were there, we walked into the war room, we saw how it was all set up. They made sure that everything was down. They had like everything up. They had literally a, a TV monitor with tweet deck up of the major newsbreakers, Shams, Woj, Stein, all those guys, like all their tweets just showing up. And I remember Mark Cuban specifically saying, if Woj leaks our pick, you're like, one of you is fired. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like one of you, I specifically remember that. So yeah, if you go back there, may they may be interviewing people. We don't know. Uh, I doubt that, but. That could be happening because they, they do not like leaks. And I could imagine Cuban trying to do something like that. Yeah. Like if they came out tomorrow, with the, you know, breaking news, they hired whoever it is to be their GM. Like, we're not gonna be shocked if we didn't see his name, you know, ahead of time. Like, would you be shocked if they were like tomorrow, they said breaking news, Michael Finley named the GM and they just, and it came out that they didn't interview anyone else. I would be shocked if they said Michael Finley is going to be the GM and president of basketball operations together and they didn't interview anyone else that's where i'd be shocked if they came out tomorrow and said hey finley's gonna be the president of basketball operations we're gonna continue our search for a general manager over the coming weeks i wouldn't be shocked by that no yeah that would be interesting to me if they just didn't if they just didn't interview anyone else that would be like what's the point of the search firm right <laughs> like i'd just yeah. been that would have been really confusing to me uh number three hire jamal mosley as coach I think we're too far down the line, right? Like, and maybe it's just in our mind. Like maybe at this point we've talked about it for so long. Carlisle's been gone since what Thursday. Like it's not even been a full week since he's been gone. Right. Uh, and so maybe it's just in our minds. We're too far down the line, but it seems like he checks all the boxes. He checks a fresh voice that has also has institutional knowledge. The Luca connection seems like he respects him. Some people will say, well, that's just Luca's buddy. It's easy to be Luca's buddy. What about being Luca's coach? He's no. been Luca's coach. He's been yeah. his assistant coach. He's helped him warm up. We've seen the stuff. Like, remember, like, what was it last year, or the year before, when he like slapped Luca on the butt or slapped Luca on the head yeah. and was like coaching him in a moment? Luca did it didn't seem like Luca liked that. He got over that, right? Like, yeah. They got over that and we're mostly will tell him like it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that was a moment like that where he just, you know, knucklehead and hit him in the like, hit him in the, the side of the head. So I think that that respect and uh, I think that respect will work a little bit better in uh, in a relationship like that. So I think I think it's Jamal Mosley's job to lose. I mean, if you saw the bet online odds, it was just completely like completely yeah. uh, Jamal Mosley's job to lose. What do they know? But uh, yeah, I think that I think this is the next one they have to do. And we haven't seen Mosley's name brought up in any of these other coaching searches. It's a good point. The past few off seasons, we've seen his name, you know, linked to, I mean, 
gosh, off the top of my head, I know he, he interviewed for Cleveland. I know he interviewed for the Knicks job before Tibbs got it. Feels like there was one or two more that he's interviewed for. So it's, you know, his name just hasn't been out there for any of them. Is that on purpose? Is that, you know, because the Mavericks have it in the bag already? We'll see. But yeah, I think it's like what you said. We're kind of so far down the road already. And that reminds me of another road. Today on the road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs, 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. Same question for Jamal Mosley that we did for Michael Finley. Would you be surprised if tomorrow the Mavs come out with a presser that says Jamal Mosley's been named head coach, the Mavericks didn't interview anyone else? Um, A little bit. More surprised about that one than the Finley one. I, I expect them to interview a couple more people for the head coaching job. It's interesting we still have – I think – well, they have to name the president – or basketball operations first before they do the coach thing. So I guess I'm not surprised that they haven't named any names, but it seems like coaching. And once there's a coaching vacancy, there's usually like five or six names that pop up. Uh, I guess, I guess we had, uh, I guess we had like Jason Kidd's name brought up. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, so I, that's why I, I think they would bring, I think they'll interview a couple more coaches. I could be wrong on it. If they just, if they hired a GM president of basketball ops over the next few weeks and then, you know, Three weeks from now, Jamal Mosley's named the head coach, and there's no other interviews. I, I guess I wouldn't be totally shocked, but if there's a position out of all of these that I think they definitely will go and interview a few more people with Mosley, I think it'll be the head coaching spot. Also, uh, if he's going to be a head coach, I should be able to spell his name right. <laughs> well, it's not a normal spelling of Jamal. I, know, I always the, get the, the H, H in I there. Put, throws you the off, H can yeah. go in any spot in that name. I think <laughs> it could be a silent at the beginning, could be silent at the end. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I always get it wrong. Uh, all right, there you go. I think I think that's number three that they have to and, do. And, and I'll say this. What they have to do if they hire Jamal Mosley, it's what we've, we, we've been saying this over the past few pods, bring in experienced you know staff yeah, with him. Same thing. As bring in family. a Terry Stotts as a lead assistant next to him. Bring in somebody who's been there, done that, that you look at. I mean, even Ty Lue, who won a title, you know, at least had Kenny Atkinson that was, that's been on the bench with him this season, who's been a head coach for, you know, the Nets and stuff. That's the thing. You see some of these young coaches get elevated into these spots. Then they surround the young coaches with what Steve Nash is, you know, doing in, in Brooklyn and stuff. So, and if not just a head coach, it's not always a head coach thing, right? Because you look at Boston's new coach. I don't even want to try to say his last name because. Ime Udoka. Okay, Udoka. I mean, he's been under pop forever. But they went in Brooklyn to a first-time head coach of Steve Nash and said, we want to get one of the top assistants in the league and yeah. bring him to Brooklyn. And that's what he did. Went to Brooklyn, helped Steve Nash and stuff, in addition to D'Antoni and other people. And then, bam, you know, he's a head coach in Boston now. So that's what they, they have to surround Mosley. Have you seen Jason Terry's comments about how he 100% thinks he could coach the Dallas Mavericks right now? That'd be no, I haven't. That'd be an interesting name, too, that I think that would uh, – could be on the Mavs bench. But I also want to point out this. So we've said this a couple times. We want an experienced assistant coach, experienced GM, experienced, you know, this. It's not because we don't think Jamal Mosley and Michael Finley can do the job. We think they can do the job for sure. They've been waiting in the wings. They've been training. They've been underneath, you know, the, these two guys, Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson, for a lot of years now. They've been they've been trained up from these guys. It seems like they've been groomed for these roles. But uh, they are experienced. They haven't done the job before. And so the, and the Mavericks are in a very specific situation. If this was even last year, I think I would just be like, okay, yeah, bring those guys in, give them a chance. But this year, there's so much leverage in this offseason. So, th so many things can happen. The, the fate of the Mavericks 
future kind of relies on this offseason, it seems like almost. That seems like a crazy thing to say, but a lot is riding on this, so they need that kind of experience because of the high-leverage situation the Mavericks are in. It's not just because we don't think they can do the job. So Yeah, well, a lot's riding on the next three years. I mean, this is the time you're proving to Luka that he needs to stay, and these hires, they have to mean that. You're not a Cleveland. You're not into the, you know, it's like, hey, let's just, Whoever young people, let's just do this. Let's experiment. You're not in the experiment stage right now. You are, I mean, your expectation, whoever walks in to the GM basketball ops role, to the head coaching role is second round of the playoffs. Like that's, that's a big, that's a big yeah. expectation. Like we're expecting that if not more over these next three or four seasons with Luca at the head of your roster. So yeah, that's why. Is what Trey Young is doing over in the East, is that changing the goalposts for the Mavs? It shouldn't, no. But it shouldn't at all. It shouldn't even be a comparison in that. I mean, two different conferences, two different pathways. You're not playing the Knicks in the first round. You're not like it's not Not playing the hurt Sixers in the second round. Well, I don't want to say and do the discrediting. It's just it was a beneficial path for, you know, what Atlanta's doing right now. It's a lot of fun. Like, I'm not. They're taking They're advantage of, of the opportunity. The teams that's, in front of them. That's, that's, that's the thing. I just don't think that's a very dangerous game. Honestly, it's dangerous for fans, too. It's like, if you can't watch the Hawks right now and just enjoy it, but you're just sitting back saying, I hate everything about my life because the Mavericks ain't doing what the Hawks doing, man, I don't, like, I, I'm not doing that. I'm just enjoying basketball right now watching the Hawks. But I, I, it should not, you should not, like, Mavericks can't be looking at Atlanta saying, look at Trey Young in the, in the finals. That's, oh, my gosh, that changes all of our goalposts. No, no, no. Uh, coming up, let's get into the last two things the Mavericks absolutely have to do this offseason for them to take a step forward to calm fans down to do all these things. We'll get into that. But before we do, let's talk about rockauto.com. Save time and money using rockauto.com. Why would you want to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? For example, for a Honda Odyssey, a fuel pump is $353 from a chain store or it's $216 from rockauto.com. All you have to do is order it and get it sent straight to your house. It's easier, too. It's more convenient for you. You save money. It's more convenient. All that. It's family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. If you're somebody that thinks, man, I can do that, then go ahead and buy your parts at Rock Auto. Prices are reliably low and the same for every single customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Also, betonline.ag. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get a 50% welcome bonus. The money you put in, put in 100 bucks, you get 50% more. You get 50 bucks to use on some of these games. Today, Thursday, Phoenix Suns, a one-point favorite against the Clippers in L.A. That one's fascinating. The Clippers have now lost uh, the first two games of each of their first three series. <laughs> That's pretty wild, yeah. it seems. I bet no team – actually, I know no team has done that before because the Clippers were the first team to win their first two series while going down 0-2 in both of them. So there's no team in NBA history that's ever lost the first two games of three series in the playoffs because no team's made it that far. Like, that's yeah. pretty wild to me. So if they're going to lose game three, Chris Paul seems like he's going to come back. Kawhi Leonard is not. Maybe one point is not big enough. Go bet on it on Bet Online if you think that the Suns can pull that off. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into our last two things the Mavericks absolutely have to do. I want to spend a little bit of time on this one. Rebrand? Uh, 
I think the Mavericks <laughs> changed the logo. No, that was a couple a couple things. One person uh, on my my tweet said, "Change the logo. It needs to be more tough." Yeah, that's what's wrong with the Mavericks. Their logo's not tough enough. <laughs> Add two starters slash rotation players. This can, you can, whatever you want to call this, you don't have to necessarily add two starters, but if you add a solid rotation player that could be a spot starter and all that stuff, I think it's okay. But I think they absolutely have to do this. I think if we're going to try and learn anything from what the Hawks did, they got a bunch of solid players. They were able to. They had a bunch of cap space. They were able to throw some money at some guys. The Mavericks can do that this offseason. They have that kind of money to throw at some guys this offseason. They need to add two rotation players. They can be. It would be great if they could be starters or not, but I think they absolutely need that and build on the rotation they already have. I think overall, and we heard Zach Lowe say this on his podcast, the Mavericks rotation overall is fine, save for, <laughs> save for the two, three, and probably four players on the on in the rotation. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. can be your third best player, can be sometimes your second best player, depends on the day. Jalen Brunson, I think, sometimes can be your fourth, can be your third best player on some nights, but they need somebody to consistently be that number two. And if it can't be KP, which he couldn't be against the Clippers, there were times during the regular season where he definitely was, and he averaged 20 points a game, and he had an overall pretty fine season offensively. He could be that number two, but if he can't consistently be that number two, then they need to add a a number two player (laughs) or they need to add a third player that can be hundred percent consistent and just bring it every single night. They need somebody like that. And I think they need two players to add to this rotation. Yeah. I kind of separated this on on my list uh, into two different types of players, but I'll just go with this one. I'll say another creator. I think they desperately need another bucket getter on the team and whatever that looks like, whatever, you know, I think there's a perfect pathway. You can look at him at, man, I would love for that to be a Paul George type. That's a wing guy who can get buckets, but can play defense too. But at this point, it's like, I just want somebody to take the offensive load off of Luca. Like that's all I want and love would love Kyle Lowry would love. I mean, we've, yeah, we've talked about Lowry a lot and it's perfect fit in Dallas, but they just have to get some type of another creator on the fourth, Luca. Masai and Lowry, bring them. Yeah. And then, Kawhi. Get Kawhi too. And Kawhi. And then I feel like DeRozan's been kind of a hot name among the fan base. Well, Ka- uh, Kawhi didn't play with DeRozan, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I'll lump in my other one to this, and this kind of goes. I just said a vet. Like, they just have yeah. to get, we've been hammering this forever. It's like, I just want a vet on this team that's going to be in the rotation, like playing a lot of minutes. If it's not a starter, it's like sixth man or seventh man. Like it's somebody that's playing 25 to 30 minutes a night, 20 minutes a night, somebody like that. And I mean, like watching PJ Tucker, seeing what PJ Tucker's, you know, doing with Milwaukee right now, like that's the type of stuff. I know he looked cooked through a lot of the season and stuff, but like, Watching him on my TV, I'm like, dang, man, I just want a vet like that playing you know with what? Dallas. You know who looked cooked last year and also was really good in the playoffs was Rondo, right? Like, there's yeah. sometimes these vets just do this, and that's the type of vet the Mavericks need. Maybe they look terrible during the regular season, and I thought maybe Josh Richardson could do that. Turned out to be the exact opposite of that. but And preferably uh, they, a vet that's, like, won a title or made deep yeah. playoff runs. Somebody like that. I, don't, I, I think they're past the point of – the only vet experience they have is just the end of the bench guy. Like they need one or two. I mean, preferably you have two of those guys in the rotation playing a lot of minutes. Well, and I mean, this is a pretty young team. Some guys are, are a little older, but they don't have a ton of experience on this team in general. Like 
Who's been in the league the longest? It's J.J. Redick, obviously, but he got brought in really late in the season and all that, and then he was hurt in the playoffs and didn't play. By the way, that's a, that's an interesting what if. What if J.J. Redick had played and hit, like, three threes in a game and the Mavs, like... <laughs> yeah, I wonder... I just wonder how much he would have played against the Clippers. It, it could have been hard, but the margins were just so small. for Like, they're so small for the Mavericks, and they just could have gotten one more thing. Uh, after J.J. Redick, guess who has the most experience on the Mavericks? Dwight Powell. Tim Hardaway Jr. seven years. Oh, playoffs. No, no, no. Just straight up overall. Oh. Hmm. Tim Hardaway Jr. seven years. Trey Burke seven years. Dwight Powell six years. Richardson five years. Like this is a young team. Maybe not necessarily straight young up age wise, but young experience wise. Yeah, not necessarily age, but experience for sure. Uh, by the way, Tim Hardaway Jr. is like. Uh, there's a bunch of players older than him. Melly's older than him. Boban, Powell, Kleba, and he has more NBA experience than those guys. So it's just that's what you get when when you. You know, you moneyball the roster, I guess, if you if some people are putting it that way. Um, but yeah, the Mavericks absolutely have to add some talent in that way. They have the assets to do it this summer. They have they have to, right? It's like not yeah. an option anymore. What's your fifth one? My fifth one's obvious. The Luca extension gotta happen. Have I to do it was that. With Matt Frello. Have to have to can, do I have Matt Frello on here? <laughs> <laughs> the vibes are immaculate. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, the Mavs have to do the, the Luka extension this offseason. You can't talk about Luka staying with the Mavericks unless he actually stays with the Mavericks for the first time. So that yeah. has to happen. They have to make that happen. It's an obvious one, so I saved it for the end. But that's five things the Mavericks absolutely have to do this offseason is those things right there. Uh, if they do other things, maybe I could talk myself into some of them. If they add three starters, would I be upset? No, I would not be upset if they were able to add three starters instead of two. Uh, any qualms or any other things you want to add? Oh, gosh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I think you could try to fit in like a KP one there somewhere of My just like figuring out his role. Like you got to figure that out this offseason. If, if he's just a stand-in-the-corner guy from this point moving forward, is that really what, you know, you want to spend 30 plus million dollars on for the next three season? Or is this the off season that you like really define it out? Like he really takes a step forward over the last, you know, from these last two seasons where he's fully healthy and you're like, all right, new coach, new system. We're going to really work hard at integrating him into this offense and he's healthy. I had Cape, I had trade KP as number four and I took it off because, and I changed it to add, basically add talent because I think they're going to address, I think now because of the change in change in GM and front office and coach and all that, I think they're going to wait till the trade deadline to address that, right? Like let's give it a couple of months. Hopefully he stays healthy through all that, but let's wait till the trade deadline. Maybe he gains some trade value because he doesn't have a ton right now. Maybe he gains some trade value, but also maybe it just works out. And that's always what we've said is the best case scenario is if it just works out between him and Luca and everyone involved, maybe Jamal Mosley, maybe a new coach, maybe a new front office could make that happen and make it work because I don't think the relationship is completely broken there. I think there, there's still some there. Like it's not, it's not like Darth Vader. Like he's almost completely lost to the point of like <laughs> just a one little thing. I think there's a couple of things that could bring him back. Um, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. I mean, I think there's an off the court angle to it too. It's not just him being healthy. It's not, all that there's a that there's an off the court angle too of you know him and Luca's dynamic, their chemistry, their relationship. I, I, what does Luca feel about it? What is KP? You know, was KP just wanting to get to the off season and like, hey, all yeah. right, I want a fresh start now. Um, let's do it. so. 
where are their mindsets at too off the court that that has to factor into it also also if the mavericks did like promise kp hey we'll trade you this offseason guess who's not there anymore the mavericks front office who right? made the promise <laughs> that's like when you have things like you you're at a job and you have all these things like in your brain that you didn't write down that you can't tell the next person when you're gone after that like there's all these little things all these deals you had that you can't keep on the table because Donna you're not there anymore. a note for the next guy hey just heads I up know. i promise kp <laughs> right he writes it on a napkin like sends it to him <laughs> there you go that's five things mavericks absolutely have to do let us know in the comments what are five things the mavericks or what's one thing the mavericks absolutely have to do this offseason maybe pick one of the ones i said maybe something else follow us on twitter at lockdown mavs guys thanks so much for listening to lockdown mavs oh that was a difficult winter a blizzard had trapped half our battalion behind the german line steve captain rogers he fought his way through a hydra blockade that had pinned our allies down for months he saved over a thousand men including the man who would uh, who would become my husband as it turned out <laughs>